0: Welcome to the Art Podcast, this Parshas Vayeshev, Tavshin Pe Gimel. This week's podcast is sponsored by us, Rabbi and Mrs. Weber, in honor of a little Tzadik Tzvi's Bar Mitzvah, which is happening this Shabbos. Future podcast sponsorships are available at 180 U.S. or 200 Canadian. Both U.S. and Canadian receipts are available. For the Parsha, or really more specifically for Hanukkah, which we celebrate next week, I'd like to share a story. It's a story that my community in Toronto knows well. It involves Rabbi Yisrael, Mayor Lau. My community there, Clatton Park, it's a wonderful, wonderful place, a Goldilocks type of community that really speaks to all members of Klal Yisrael. A good, Mizrahi, more right, more left, more Haimish, more modern, all types of people are comfortable there. And because of that, we were always a place that would bring Rabbanim together. If there was a referm out of town, a Rafa a shi, a chief rabbi, frequently we would host him and, uh, and bring people together. And so one Matzah Shabbos, um, about nine years ago, we made a Malav or our home for Ab Yisrael Mayer Lao, for all the Rabbanim in town. And uh, everyone came together. It was really, really a wonderful moment. Um, my wife prepared the food. Annie Tenser, who I hope is on, one of the most amazing members of the community there, decorated and set it up in the most magnificent of ways, and he was going to speak to the Rabbanim. And he was coming to her house, so I told my children, this is an opportunity to, to see a Rav and receive a tremendous bracha, and it was a bit of a dilemma for them, because this is Toronto, and Mazar Shabbos is about, about Malav Malka, but it's also about hockey. so you got to pick and choose here, right, what's more important. Kids ended up being able to accommodate both. They got their bracha and they got their haki too. And one of our children was Dovi, who was eight years old then. He's 17 now. And we brought him in to meet the Rav Rashi. And he comes in. And Rabbi Lau was such a wonderful, gentle way with, with children also. Is our little boy, how old are you? And our son said, I'm eight. And Rabbi Laugh went ahead and responded to Dovi, our son, but I think to the Rabbanim as well. He said, by the time I was eight, I had graduated from, from Buchenwald. And of course, of course, Rabbi Laugh was Buchenwald's youngest survivor. He's a fabled child survivor. His entire early childhood was spent either in concentration camps or actually in, in ghettos, in all types of terrible places. And miraculously, he survived. And he spoke not so much about his war experiences, but about the awful time after the war. He says after the war there was bedlam and havoc and his parents had both been murdered and there was really no chinuch place. And over the next few months after the liberation, there was really no supervision. Come Chanuk a few months after liberation, he had no understanding, no inkling as to what Khanak is about. He didn't know that we light candles, he didn't know about the war, he didn't, he didn't know about anything, he hadn't been educated. And come Hanuk, he sees everyone lighting candles, and it's a curious thing he doesn't understand. He sees everyone lighting one candle the first night, everyone lighting two candles the second night, three candles the third night, and he's trying to figure it out. Now in his mind, candles evoke death. It was a world of endless yardstick candles. Everyone was lighting yardstick candles, many yardstick candles. Many people were lighting every day. Um, it's really how they expressed their Yiddishkeit. What they had was a Yiddishkeit of loss, of pain, of memorial, rather than a Yiddishkeit of living and building and hoping. It was such a hard, hard time. And finally, he turned to an adult and he asked, who's this tzaddik that we're commemorating? Um, everyone lighting candles, and two and three and four candles. Who is this tzaddik? And finally they sat him down, they told this little Yassim that not all candles are about death, some are about life. Not all of Yiddishkeit is about loss, Yiddishkeit is also about celebration. It's not always about what was taken away, but it's frequently also and more so about what can be added, what we can accomplish, how we can grow, and what's good. And that was a lesson that he internalized, and that really helped him become the amazing person that he is, who accomplished so much. Right? He's Eretz Yisrael Consensus Rabbi. He really speaks to everybody. You focus on what you can do, you focus on what you can accomplish, you focus on the positive, and if you're able to do it in 1945, you can certainly do it in 2022. So it's a story that the members of my community back in Toronto heard. It's a story that touches the heart and the soul, and it's a story that answers what I think are one of Hanukkah's most significant, one of Hanukkah's most troubling questions. And that is why we expand, why we elaborate, why we make Hanukkah so much bigger than it is. The basic mitzvah that's brought down in the Gemara and Shabbos is Ner Yeshu so, one candle each night for an entire family. You can have 10 people, 20 people living in a home, one candle each night suffices. But we expand it. We go ahead and we are most of a Holech like Beis Hillel We add a candle each night. So on the second night, we have two candles. On the third night we have three, on the fourth, four, and that's fine. We view that as hiddur Mitzvah, as, as expanding, elaborating, making a mitzvah more beautiful. But there's a basic rule of thumb, Sva says, and that rule is, is that hiddur Mitzvah is Ad Shlish, you add a third, but here we're adding 100% the second night, because two was 100% more than one. We're adding 200% the third night, because um, three is 200% more than one. And by the time it's a seven-ninth, it's 700%, so much more than a third. And it's not just those hundreds of percent in terms of most of a holoch in relation to the candles that we add. It's also the fact that every individual member of the family lights, at least among Ash- Ashkenazim. Among Svaradim, that's not the case. But Ashkenazim go ahead and say there's a mitzvah of most of a holoch, you add a candle each night. Separate and distinct from that, and this works in tandem with that mitzvah, there's a mitzvah of Neh Yishu so expanding that, every member of the family lighting. So we add a candle each night, and every member of the family lights, which means if there are 10 people residing at a home, You'll have 10 candles the first night, 20 candles the second night, 30 the third. Now do the math. So we pointed out that by adding a candle each night, the mitzvah is expanded by 700%. By having 10 or 11 people light each night, the mitzvah will be expanded 1,000%, right? We're dealing with 7,000% expansion. And hither mitzvahs at shlish, we're only supposed to add up to a third, and not more. Because Yiddish it doesn't come easy. Jewish money isn't easily found. We have so much that we have to do with our money. You don't want to allocate all of it on one mitzvah. So why do we go ahead and make it so different? Why do we go ahead and expand things so much? And yet another piece to the puzzle, and this is a troubling piece, is, is that when we go ahead and we make a mitzvah beautiful, we make it bigger and larger and longer, it's, it's an expansion, but it's not a mitzvah unto itself. We don't make a new bracha, right? We take lulav on Sukkot, so we make a bracha. But we're not going to make a separate bracha when we say hal again, because um, even though we're shaking lulav and we're expanding the mitzvah, it's all part and parcel of the original mitzvah. We'll go ahead and expand many mitzvahs. We'll make them prettier and larger and nicer, but we're not going to make a new bracha. But here, when we light Chanukah Licht, Every member of the family who lights makes his own bracha. Well, why do we do that? You're making a bracha in Hidim Mitzvah, and we generally don't do that. So there are so many answers. But going back to this, this Tzvah an idea that's developed by the Briskarov, is that Hanukkah is just a little bit different. hidden Mitzvah has a lot more value. Beautifying the Mitzvah is much more significant. And there are great discussions about that. I want to add one piece to the puzzle that has a sermonic component that I think spoke to Rabbi Laud then, that I think speaks to us now. And that component is to remember what Chanukah was about then. Chanukah then, of course, was about fighting against the Greeks who were persecuting us, against their Jewish allies. They never had Jewish allies, so also persecuted us. And about prevailing and about survival. But how much did we prevail? Not really so much. That initial battle, the one that we won on Hanukkah, it wasn't a liberation of Eretz Israel. it wasn't a liberation of the region around Yushalayim, it was a liberation of one small area, the, the Mokim Migdash, the place where we light Hanukkah. And that's huge, but it was still a terrible time. There was still tremendous loss. The battles continued after that initial Hanukkah. And Matos children in particular, the in particular, in, in particular, they continued falling. First then Beis Chorin, then Eliezer, then Yonas, and then Yochanan. The Hashmanom continued dying, Jews continued dying, Jews continued suffering. It wasn't good. There was no complete solution. There was no complete resolution. All there was was a chonu. They rested from the battle. They had one victory. It took 23 years later for the war to be won. So Hanukkah took place during battle during a time of loss and tragedy, during a time in which we so much that we didn't have, so much was being taken away. But nevertheless, we took a moment to celebrate. And a moment like that, we have to emphasize, not the challenges that we face, because thinking about that will bring us down. We have to focus on the blessings that we have, on the accomplishments that have been accomplished, on the good things that have been achieved, not on what we need to do, but on what we've done we have to take that and consecrate that and love that and beautify that and expand that and make it a point of focus, make it something that we think about, something that we dream about. And so Chanukah more than any other Yantav of the Mitzvah, because at the end of the day there's so little celebration, we take that little celebration, we highlight it, we go ahead and we point at it and we make it big so that it will encourage us. That was true for Rabbi Lau after the war. That's true for us now in whatever challenge we face, and we all face challenges. But at the very same time, we all have small areas of victory. Take those areas of victory. Consecrate them. Make them big. Make them meaningful. Make them something that speaks to the heart and to the mind. And if we do that, you will see. We won't just go ahead and have that victory. We will have others. Until next week, a good Shabbos.